All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. So listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Hey, we're back for part two of our Halloween special. We thank everybody who sent in entries, not really entries, but stories. Entries implies you would win something Mm. and you don't win anything. Mm -mm. No, because we don't have anything to give you except our undying gratitude. Love you. Love you so much. Yeah. Uh, So stories have come to us from all over the world. We've sorted through them. We've picked out a few. Um, we wish we could, we could run them all, but, uh, we'd have to do like, well, we'd be doing Halloween specials all the way through next Halloween, (laughs) probably. Yeah. We, we really, we struggled with the idea of two, but we think two makes sense and we hope that you do too. Well, it is Halloween. This, this episode drops Halloween night. So hope you're having a great Halloween and uh, let's get to our first story which comes to us from Shauna in British Columbia. Hi, Kat. Hi, Jethro. I am so excited to be sharing my stories with you. It was about a year after my grandfather died. And just to give you a little history on him, he was, you know, your typical man for those days and uh, had his little funny felt hat on. Just the sweetest, kindest man ever where my daughter's high chair sat in the kitchen. You could see all the way down the hallway. And there was nothing on the walls, nothing at the end of the hallway, no toys, no nothing. My daughter one day said she wasn't eating, and I said, Marissa, eat your breakfast. And she was just staring down the hallway, and I couldn't figure out what she was looking at. And I looked, and I couldn't see anything. Mom, who's the man with the funny hat? I said, uh, what? And she pointed down the hallway and said, there's a man with a funny hat. (laughs) I didn't really know what to say because I couldn't see anything, but it didn't click on me who she was talking about, like my grandfather. She didn't know him, so right after that, I had woke up in the middle of the night and there was my grandfather's apparition at the foot of my bed. And he just looked so healthy and kind and every way that I remembered him. He smiled and he said, everything's gonna be okay. Just tell your grandmother everything's gonna be okay. 
But I remember feeling really calm. I wasn't scared or anything like that. It was very comforting. But that was it. I never saw him again. And the last thing is, right around that time also was the time when I started seeing the number 11. I was seeing 1111 everywhere. 111, 1111, AM, PM, you name it. I look at the clock and that's what it said. And I didn't sit there waiting for the clock to turn. It just was there. Mm. And by the way, you should come to Cranbrook, BC and do a live show because I'd make sure it's packed. I would make sure, I promise. (laughs) Thanks, Shauna. Oh my gosh, I want to. You may have heard us kind of uh, snickering a bit there when she mentioned 1111. Uh, that is is a very real phenomenon. If mm. you Google 1111 phenomenon, uh, it's happening worldwide. Uh, people are, for whatever reason, seeing 11 or 1111 or 111, a series of ones over and over and over again. And I know that there are some of you freaks that are listening right now that experience this. We do. Yeah. All the time we do. And it started right about the time you and I started to get to know each other. You would say, why am I seeing this all the time? And then I was seeing it all the time. And it's not just a clock. We're not just looking at a clock and seeing 1111. We'll be in traffic and there'll be license plates that say, you know, we'll have like 1111 or a series of ones in a row on it. What are some other examples of that? Looking at statistics uh, for the podcast, like how many downloads uh, we we have. Oftentimes I will look and check the number and it will end with 1111, like all the time. Yeah, I'll pump gas and it turns out that the gallons is, uh, you know, like 11 gallons point 11 or something like that. And. We, we send each other little uh, screenshots and, and photos of things, you know, we see just in everyday life that say 1111. It's bizarre. Yeah, that's our company name. I mean, that was on purpose. Well, it was but, be- yeah. because we were seeing 1111 everywhere when we started our company. We named it 1111 LLC. Yeah. Well, I was seeing um, more specifically for me is I was seeing the number 911 everywhere. And I remember talking to you about it and I said, I just don't know if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. And uh, one day you said to me, of course, it's a good thing. Every time you see the number 11, you should think I love you. Mm. And uh, so that kind of became our thing. So now like we'll text each other like, hey, it's two, I love you or, you know, whatever. And yeah, we're nerds. It's pretty gross, yeah, really, actually. Very sorry about uh, that. We got engaged on the 11th of the month. We were married on the 11th of the month. That's we right. have our date nights on the 11th. You were born in the 11th month. That Well, yes. So there's yeah. that as well. I'm looking at a website now, Dimension 1111. Uh, it says, what does this mean? What is the significance of seeing repeating number patterns such as 1111? Um, it goes on to uh, to give some ideas as to at least what this person's belief is. Most people who are having the 1111 synchronicity are surprised to discover that thousands of other people are having it I as know well. I was. Yeah, I was shocked. There's actually Facebook pages yeah. for it. Every 1111 experience is unique for everyone, and it may mean something different or personal to each person experiencing it. One of the meanings is pay attention to your thoughts as an opportunity portal is opening up. In other words, if you are the type of person that believes that your thoughts create your reality, mm-hmm. 
then uh, this is an opportunity to, uh, to start visualizing whatever it is you want to manifest. According to numerology, the number 11 is, quote, the master number, which signifies intuition, insight, and enlightenment. It also has a connection to twin flames, like soulmates oh, yeah. kind of thing. Oh. So I'm wondering if maybe, you know, that's... Know. You know, Don't be gross. I don't know. What do you do if you're one of these people that see 1111? There's a lot more to this, and you can do your own research on it. But uh, most of the websites that I have seen on this say stay open and be receptive Remain grounded and stay in the present and show gratitude. These are reminders. I think that those are great things to try to do all the time. Uh, but when you see something uh, repeatedly, uh, use that as an opportunity to remind yourself to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. A trigger. A good trigger. Our next story comes from Nick. So this is a story about something that my friends and I saw. Oh, we should say at the beginning, I should, we should point this out. Nick produced this on his own. He actually took the time to put music and sound effects in it. I'm so impressed with the extra work that went into this, Nick. Thank you. Yes. Golf clap for Nick. So here's Nick. So this is a story about something that my friends and I saw in the late 90s when we were eight or nine years old. But to this day, cannot explain it. On our street, at the end of the house, at that, the last house on the right, we were out just playing around on our bikes and everything. And then it was a bright sunny afternoon and all of a sudden it gets really dark. I mean, not pitch black, but it gets really dark. And then this loud, there was so many blackbirds. Our street is lined, you know, with trees and we just looked up and there was nothing but birds. We were just like, what in the world? And it looked like they were flying in a circle. And so we, as we looked, we kind of walked down towards the end of the street and we realized all the birds were flying into the chimney of this house. I don't even know what to say about it. Like what, there was no reputation of that house being haunted or anything, but I mean, after that we, believed uh, I think a witch must have lived in there but I mean it was just a circular motion of like it would be smoke but it was just blackbirds flying in to the house and of course it was just us kids thinking about it over the years and it's like there's an explanation for it it looked like every bird in the town was flying into that house the strangest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that uh, that's that's really creepy. Uh, I'm picturing this in, in my mind, uh, you know, because you've seen birds flying in swarms mm. where one will change directions and they'll all change directions at the same time. To see a cloud of blackbirds that darkens the sky and then just kind of all form into one unit and fly down a chimney would freak me out if I was nine years old. I would be terrified. Slash, want to see what was up. Because I love birds. Now, it is creepy, but birds do live in chimneys. I mean, that can be scientifically explained. Maybe not the number of birds. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Is that they all showed up at once and all just kind of smoky swooped down that chimney. Wow. I think especially as a kid, having that just come up on you and just boop. And then, of course, when your parents don't believe that something like that happened, it's like, it did. It totally did, Mom and Dad. Now, give me my Lunchable that Ninja Turtles are on. Um, Pretty much every town 
every small town has a, quote, haunted house mm. in it. There was one house in our neighborhood, and it was kind of run down. And, and I, I don't even know if there was anybody living in it at this time. But I remember being maybe, I don't know, nine, ten years old. Okay. And we wouldn't even walk by this house. We would go around the block to avoid it. And if we couldn't avoid it and we had to walk by it, the thing was, if if you stood on the lawn, then uh, the witch was going to come out and get you. Oh. And so we would try to push each other out onto the lawn. And, oh, well, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. That's what friends are for. <laughs> I don't think we had... Well, I don't know. I didn't live in town, so I didn't have, like, you know, uh, uh, friends. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there was no... Uh, I don't remember there being a haunted house, but I do remember that there was a house where the pervert lived. And that's a whole different kind of horror yeah, story. So uh, I Did don't. People try to push each other onto his lawn. No, no, no. no you just scootled right past there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I grew up in the eighties, so that was kind of the thing. Was like we all you lived know, near perverts. No, we just knew stranger danger. You know, uh-huh. You're just very aware of that. It's almost like uh, it was a a a bigger part of my childhood than maybe it should have been is like learning about <laughs> like creepers and vans. And yeah. I mean, that interrupted a lot of my life. You know, missed a lot of school buses because of vans. <laughs> so if you were waiting for the school bus and a van went by, you would run and hide. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Miss the bus a not, lot. Not just conversion no. vans, but mini vans. <laughs> no, like uh, it was mostly just the white uh, van, the unmarked ones. I, I can't remember what specific type of van it was. It wasn't, but anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, but I can remember one specific instance of uh, seeing the van drive by my driveway, and so I hid behind a tree. Uh, and then the school bus went by, and I was like, oh, man. And so I had to walk back up to my house, and I was like, Mom, I missed the bus because there was a van, and I thought it was going to get me. And my mom's like, not every van's trying to get you. And I was like, you said. <laughs> you said the vans were trying to get me. So how many years did you believe that white vans were out to get you? I mean, I still kind of believe it. <laughs> I see. Like, when I see them, I'm like, I got my eye on you. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one time I was so freaked out by a van that I uh, ran to catch the school bus, which had I had missed because of, again, the van, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, forgot my lunch. And that was even worse because <laughs> I was crying. I was on the bus and I was crying and people were like, what is the matter with you? And I was like, I'm going to my lunch. And then uh, my mom pulled up behind the bus and was all like, beep, beep, and, you know, pulling the bus over. Uh, and the bus pulled over wow. so that she could get my lunch to me and then my mom was on the bus so that made me upset and right, i was like sure. i think you're really lunch i'm so embarrassed <laughs> it was all very terrible wow and my bus driver died was it the guy in the van that that did him in no and it was a she don't be sexist they better okay anyway hi we're back that was a fun little <laughs> school bus tangent with cat the box of oddities with cat and jethro gilligan toth I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our Aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me 
updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life, Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? <sighs> Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. 
Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Box of Oddities. It's not for everyone. Here's our next story. My name is Haley, and this is my paranormal experience. In Tucson, Arizona, there is a famous hiking destination called Sabino Canyon. And one of its most popular trails is Seven Falls, where, after crossing a river in multiple locations, hikers find themselves at a basin of seven waterfalls that feed one another. It's very pretty. In high school, a group of friends and I went to hike the Seven Falls Trail. The canyon was mostly empty when we set off because it had been raining. It had been raining, and yet we decided to continue anyways. Halfway through our hike, the rain stopped, and the sun came out, and eventually we made it to the falls. No one else had been on the trail while we were hiking, so we were surprised to see a boy our age already at the falls when we got there. After maybe 10 or 20 minutes of enjoying our destination, we hear the boy speak up. You should go. We looked around and we saw he was right. The water was rising around us and our path out was about to be flooded from the earlier rainfall rushing down the mountains. Flash floods are not a thing to be taken lightly in the desert. We gathered our things and asked him if he wanted to come with us down the trail, but he just smiled and said he was okay. As we went back down, the single file trail filled with water. We reached the first river crossing and there was the boy, just sitting on a rock, waiting for us. Now, there was no way that he could have passed us without us noticing. It was as though he just appeared. We crossed the river before him and the water was halfway up our calves. We got to the second river crossing and there he was again, smiling and waiting for us to safely cross the quickly rising water. Keep in mind, it's a single file trail and there was nowhere for him to have passed us. The water was past our knees at this crossing and afraid for the boy to cross by himself, we asked him again if he wanted to come with us. Again, he said no. Finally, when we reached the third and final river crossing, the water was up to our waists and it was rushing so hard that we would be swept away if we didn't have one another to hang on to. We didn't know how to cross the river. And then the boy appeared out of nowhere, already on the other side. And he just crossed back to our side, as if to show us the right pathway across. And then he disappeared. There was nowhere where he could have gone to without being in a torrent of water. We made it out of the canyon that day. According to the 6 o'clock news that night, more than a few people had to be airlifted out or rescued from the water. Without that boy, who we jokingly referred to as, but maybe not so jokingly referred to as, the spirit of Sabino Canyon, I think we probably would have been part of those numbers. Yeah, I'm very, Whoa. very, very familiar with, uh, with that area. I lived in Tucson for probably 15 years, and Sabino Canyon, beautiful place, just beautiful. And Seven Falls, it's, you have to see it to believe it. But as she so aptly described, Haley, in this story, uh, your, your path in and your path out, if there's a flash flood, you're either stranded or dead. And you said that something, something about like the, the most number of deaths occur in the desert of drowning. Drowning. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's because of the flash floods. It was a br- horrible way to state what I just meant to say, but yeah. you you get where I'm going with that. Sure. Words. Words are hard. Hard. Yeah. And uh, you've mentioned on multiple occasions that that's a very dangerous area. Um, but uh, are you aware of the spirit of Sabino County? Sabino Canyon. Sabino Canyon. Um, no, I think that that I was know just. If I'm saying that. that right. <laughs> Sabino. Sabino. Yeah. Sabino. Sabino Canyon. Spell it. S a b i n o. Okay. Sabino. Are you familiar with the spirit of Sabino Canyon? I've not heard this story. I've heard lots of similar types of stories in that area because there have been so many deaths over the years that go back decades and decades. Sabino Canyon is in what they call the foothills area mm-hmm. of uh, of Tucson, and that connects to Mount Lemmon. Mount Lemmon is a beautiful area. You, you could drive from the desert to the top in the wintertime, go skiing. There's a ski resort in the desert. So cool. On the top of the mountain. Then you can drive back down again and go swimming in the afternoon. Mount Lemmon was one of our favorite places to go camping. Mm, I've seen some of your camping photos. (laughs) Yeah, me and my buddy Jeff back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We always packed our empties out, sweetie. Always. (laughs) But to get to the top of of Mount Lemmon, it's kind of a switchback road. And it wasn't until recently, like in the last maybe eight, ten years, that they had guardrails up on all of the dangerous curves. And we're talking about a road that's just barely wide enough for two cars Mm. to pass. And then there's no guardrail on the outside. And in some cases, a sheer drop off the edge. And when we first started going out there, you could see all these cars that had gone off the road and plunged down over the edge of the cliff and were like all crashed out at the bottom. Oh, lordy. And some of them dated back to the 30s. That does not give you like a warm, fuzzy feeling. No, no. I think that, that, that that's the reason they finally removed them. It wasn't really exactly the message they wanted to send to those people sure. who were there to enjoy the wonders of Tucson wildlife. Watch out, you might die. And there were lots of stories. So <laughs> what it says on the license plate? Like, yeah. welcome to Arizona. Watch out, you might die. <laughs> it used to be the Grand Canyon State, but then they changed it. Yeah. Sure. There were lots of stories, though, ghost stories around Ooh. those cars out in that area, mostly to do with uh, phantom hitchhikers. You heard that story quite a bit. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Tucson's a great town. You need to come to Tucson sometime. I, we need to go. I miss it, and you would love it. Yeah. No, well, we're going there in uh, May. Did you just decide this at this moment? No, we've talked about it on multiple occasions, but I'm glad that you listened to me when we talk. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> we were on Jim Harold's paranormal podcast a couple of weeks ago, and, and he asked if we had had any experiences. And I told this story. I've told it once before on uh, the Box of Oddities, but it was a long time ago, like maybe one of our first 20 episodes. Yeah, And it's... It's not, well, it's not really, I guess it could be, well, I'm just going to tell. It's a strange event that happened to me that borders on paranormal. Uh, Years ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and she ultimately passed away from it. But about eight months before she passed away, she was still feeling pretty good, and she took the opportunity to go to, this is, again, she lived in Maine, she wanted to go to uh, the San Francisco area to visit my sister 
who lived out there. This was right around the time that she started really imparting that whole live each day, yes. uh, magical, yep. be, be present kind of attitude she, to you. She took me to lunch one day and said, I don't ever want you to have cancer, but I want you to know in many ways it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Because I see things so much clearer and brighter. And, and this was a beautiful fall day in northern Maine. And she's like, look at the trees. Look at the air. Feel the water. It's, yeah. you know, and, and it was a great lesson to, to impart. So about that same time, uh, she went out to visit my sister. And before she left, she stuck a note on my dad's computer with a little post-it note. Now, you know those post-it notes. They don't stick for very long. And evidently it, it came unstuck and fell down behind my dad's computer and he never saw it. Flash forward a number of months, my mom has passed away. She died at home. We were all there with her. It was during a, a blizzard in Northern Maine and the funeral home couldn't get out to pick her up for a while because they couldn't get the hearse out on the road. It was right. a bad blizzard. So my mom is in the hospital bed in the living room and we're all in the kitchen and she's been gone for about 15 or 20 minutes at this point. And the phone rings. My dad picks it up and there's nobody there. So he hangs up the phone and then it rings a second time. Same thing. Nobody there. Five or 10 minutes later, phone rings again and, and dad picks it up and there's nobody there. And so we're thinking it's got to be the storm. There's got to be something going on that's, you know, we just kind of dismissed right. it. So the fun funeral home Funeral home comes and picks up mom and, and takes her away. My dad decides he's going to go down and tidy up his den, just kind of stay busy. And um, he went down and he's moving things around and he finds this post-it note that my mom had stuck on his computer earlier that year. And it said, don't worry about me. Take care of yourself and I'll call you when I get there. Now, it's real easy to write that off as just... A bizarre coincidence. Sure. Maybe your dad doesn't tidy enough. He's not the tidiest guy. He's a math professor and <laughs> you, his, his mind of, is on bigger things. Yeah. It's a, that real stereotypical, like, <laughs> nope, he's just going to, you're not going to worry about tidying. What you're going to worry about is math problems at lunch. Mm -hmm. And he'll give them to you. Believe me. It's the first thing that we talked about was a <laughs> word problem yeah. that I failed <laughs> and I love a word problem. Oof. My dad prides himself on giving people problems that they cannot answer. So don't feel bad. Thank you. Anyway, that's a good way to leave you on this Halloween. I hope that all your hauntings are, are pleasant ones. Mm. I hope that if you ever do run into a, uh, an apparition, that it's uh, somebody you want to run into. That's right. Furniture moving, fine. Hair pulling, no. Oh, I mean, unless you're into it. Right. <laughs> Whatever happens between two consenting apparitions. <laughs> right. You know. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you. And its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com 
on Facebook at facebook.com slash Box of Oddities Podcast, on Twitter at Box of Oddities, and Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. history but hate when it's stuffy and boring well look no further and join me katie charlwood your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books as i delve into unsolved historical mysteries murders by gaslight and of course women who have been misrepresented through all time on who did what now the history podcast that's not your history class listen wherever you get your podcasts hello everyone stakuyi here and i'm gabby and we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.